the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Immigration reform, border security, tax reform, and religious liberty, well, those will come in a year. I'm Bill Bunkley, and that is something to think about. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. It's truly wonderful to be back in Atlanta. And back with my friends at the NRA. President Trump addressing the National Rifle Association annual convention, telling members of the group they now have a friend and champion in the White House. We will work with you by your side. We will work with the NRA to promote responsible gun ownership. The president's handling of international affairs has been a focus during his opening months on the job. White House correspondent Greg Pugston continues his series, the first 100 days. Deputy National Security Advisor KT McFarland says President Trump is developing a strong relationship with China's leader that could help the U.S. navigate hotspots, including North Korea. The two men sat down and talked about North Korea. They talked about economic issues. And President Trump and the Chinese president both came away with it thinking, well, maybe we can do business here. And McFarland tells SRN News the president acted decisively against Syria. I was with him for the three days that he was dealing with it, and he was in charge the entire time. Despite concerns about border security and fair trade, the president says he views Mexico and Canada as good neighbors. Greg Clugston, the White House. Secretary of State Tillerson with a warning for the U.N. Security Council. Failing to act now on the most pressing security issue in the world may bring catastrophic consequences. That pressing security issue, North Korea's nuclear program, and Tillerson says time's running out to do something about it. While the U.S. prefers a diplomatic solution, Tillerson says all options, that includes a military option, remain on the table. Closing Wall Street, the stocks in negative territory at the closing bell. The Dow down 41 points to 20,941. The Nasdaq ends the day one point lower, the S&P down five points. More on these stories at townhall.com. Dennis Prager here, and for two years now, I've been telling you about my wife, Sue, who tried Relief Factor because of her knee pain, and it worked. And if you're struggling with ongoing back or neck pain, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, or general muscle aches and pain, do what my wife Sue did. Try Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com or call them toll-free 800-583-84, 800-583-84. Only twice a year, and it's here. Cole's lowest prices of the season. Prices so low, no coupons needed. Get the lowest prices of the season on Women's Sonoma Tees, just $4.99. Jumping beans, tops, and bottoms, and Nike sneakers just $43.99. Get the lowest prices of the season on Kitchen Electric, $4.99 after $12 mail in rebate. Plus, the big one bath towel is just $2.99. Stock up, save big, and get cold cash. It's the lowest prices of the season, Wednesday through Sunday at Kohl's. Select styles. See storecoles.com for details. While President Trump has been warning of a potential major conflict with North Korea over its nuclear program, Secretary of State Tillerson not ruling out talks with Pyongyang. Next, Tillerson says the administration hopes to convince Pyongyang 
that it doesn't need the weapons to secure the existence of the regime. We do not seek a collapse of the regime, Mr. Tillerson says. We do not seek an accelerated reunification of the peninsula. If this approach is followed, a new U.S. policy may emerge, namely to talk to Pyongyang about renouncing nuclear weapons in return for Kim Jong-un retaining power, but with the threat of war if the deal doesn't happen. That's a BBC Steve Evans. Tanzania's president has fired almost 10,000 civil servants. They're accused of having falsified academic qualifications in order to get their jobs. News and analysis at town. Deepening your faith. Be very careful. Listen. Do they ever speak about repentance? Do they ever speak about true faith? Do they ever speak about the narrowness of God's ways? Do they ever lift the high and holy standards of sanctification up? Do they ever exalt Christ? The new Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Saturdays at 1.30, be encouraged by Pastor Jomo Cousins and the congregation at Love First Christian Center. We make time for what's important to us. But I have no time to pray. I have no time for church because it's not my priority. God says, okay, everything you try to do, I'm going to blow it away. Until you recognize me that I'm first. Love First Christian Center with Pastor Jomo Cousins. Saturdays at 1.30 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTVN. This hour of the Bill Bunkley Show is sponsored in part by EDI Travel. Inviting you to join Bill June 16th through June 25th for a once-in-a-lifetime pilgrimage to Israel and Jordan. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. And we are simulcasting on all of our Salem radio network uh, stations uh, here in West Central Florida, including AM860, The Answer, Tampa Bay, AM930, The Answer, Sarasota, Manatee County, 93.7 FM, The Answer, Sarasota, 103.1 FM, The Answer, Bradenton, Fate Talk AM570, Tampa Bay, Fate Talk AM910, Plant City in Lakeland, 102.1 FM, The Answer, our brand new signal we're excited about as well as AM 1380 The Biz, which covers all sorts of uh, locations of West Central Florida. It's an honor to be back with you on this Friday afternoon. I'm back in Tampa. And uh, if there is a topic or a discussion that you would like to um, join, hey, call me toll-free right now at 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673 in Tampa, 813-287-5700. 813-287-5700, Sarasota, Manatee County, 941-955-0930. Drove back into Tampa last night and um, just a little bit south, excuse me, a little bit north of Crystal River. Quite a sight last night. I was going to put it on social media, but quite frankly, I was tired and I forgot. But uh, Ace, I came up on a car that had just exploded. And um, uh, it was... Uh, engulfed in the uh it was it was a sedan it was engulfed in the front of the car and also into the cab itself of the car and um was going to try and uh, check and see if uh god forbid somebody was in it i don't think there was because you couldn't see into it and uh when i started getting close i think somebody had uh, their clip or their rounds in the car because um we had rounds going off and so, therefore, I decided to trot back into my car, and there were plenty of spectators there. But uh, 
you never know what you're going to run into. And I was just hoping and praying that uh, it was a catalytic converter or something in the wiring to short it out. And the occupants of the car just pull over on the side of the road there. It's divided highway in that section of 19 north of Crystal River. In between Crystal River, um, actually between Inglis, Inglis and um, Chiefland. But it was uh, pulled over off the side of the road. And um, anyway, um, found out this morning that uh, nobody was injured. And so that was um, that was a good call. Well, it's Friday afternoon. And right now in Tallahassee, as I've taken a break to come home, and uh, uh, I get home for a couple of hours each week to do all the things that have to happen during this time. But uh, right now through the weekend, Negotiators for the Florida House and the Florida Senate will be hammering out this budget for Florida. It will be billions of dollars that will be allocated. And what they'll be doing is they'll, they've already uh, know on different line items. Um, the line items are identical now for the House and the Senate. What's different is the amounts in those line items. What, what I meant to say is the line item headings are the same. Now, what they'll do is they'll offer, they'll go back and forth um, talking about um, the differences and how this works. The Senate will make an offer. The House will take it back and look at it. They'll compare those numbers with their numbers. They'll decide which ones they might want to adjust to. So each time, different line items are taken off the table, and you get down to the final negotiations. Now, Keep in mind, for instance, uh, in transportation, health care, I'm being very general. Um, Florida Wildlife Commission, uh, both the House and the Speaker have already decided upon the, the overall total. For instance, maybe, who knows, maybe it's $20 million for Florida Fish and Game for the entire year. I don't even know what it is. I'm just giving an example. They've decided upon that, so when the House and Senate are having their individual negotiations going back and forth, when they get done, it can't exceed the $20 million for that particular category. And what they'll do is they will meet through the weekend and uh, possibly even meeting on Sunday. At times, if they get hung up, both the Senate president and the Speaker of the House is standing by. They can intervene. But what they'll try and do is they'll try and pare it down, and then they'll get it to the last ones that they can't work out, and they'll get the highest assistance in terms of leadership both in the House and the Senate, and they'll try and hammer it out. And then whatever they can't hammer it out, they call it uh, kicking it up upstairs. And what that means is there'll be some final items that um, both the Speaker of the House, Richard Cochran, and Joe Negron, the President of the Senate, will sit down and look eye to eye and decide what that is. Now, once they make that decision, then those two individual that that bill has to be brought back to the House. It'd be debated and... Uh, preferably voted out. It'll be brought back to the full Senate. They'll debate it. They'll talk about it. They'll complain about this area doesn't have enough money. This area has too much money. They'll vote it out. Once the two chambers um, have looked at the budget, excuse me, they're going to look at the budgets that have been proposed. Once they look at the budgets, they'll start talking about it, but they're going to lay the budget on the desk. And from the time that's laid on the desk, it's 72 hours before they can actually do the final vote. And so what happens is Wednesday is the day that we'll be looking at Monday and Tuesday, that sometime Wednesday before midnight, that the budget is on the desk, 
has been hammered out by both sides. It's been laid on the desk is the term that they used because in the old days before we had technology, the budget actually had to be printed up. And it was like, you know, a big fat telephone book. And they had to print up 120 for the House, had to print up uh, 40 for the Senate. And until it was actually on the desk so a legislator could, uh, could begin flipping through it, because the idea is to review stuff for 72 hours before you vote it out. Now they'll do that electronically. So uh, I'll be back in Tallahassee first of the week. We'll be looking for that uh, Wednesday uh, deadline for it to be laid on the desk, and then we will know that barring something unforeseen, it will be voted upon Friday, which is the last day of the regular session, and it will be um, um, then ending the session on time. All right, let's go to the phones. Kevin wants to talk about transportation, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, tomorrow, which is 100 days for President Trump. But um, got a caller that wants to talk about transportation. So, Kevin, good to have you with us today. So good to hear from you, uh, Bill. Um, first of all, i got to say, Bill, forgive me, brother, for I have sinned. I, I've just gotten on board. You know, here I am, a Southern Baptist, just like you're a Southern Baptist. Right. We've all been opposed to the Florida lottery for all these years, right? Yep. It's just wickedness compounded. And and I may have had a breakthrough on this. And, and, you know, please forgive me if I'm stepping out of bounds here, but just work with me on this for a few minutes here, okay? Okay. What if we just looked at the uh, Florida lottery as a tax? Mm-hmm. It's a tax that people willingly engage in, and the prize money is nothing more than just a marketing tool. So is it really gambling then? Well, I think it's gambling, but I, I'm, I'm all ears. Okay, so you know we have these buses running around town that nobody rides, right? Mm-hmm. And they're in dire need of just the littlest idea, just the littlest tidbit that could get them back into the black. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is, and I've told some of my you know, contacts, because you know I have a few contacts. Uh, just a couple. Yeah, the ones that never want to listen to anything that I say, but I just throw these ideas out there to them anyway. Why don't we partner with the Florida Lottery to sell bus tickets? <laughs> now, see, that's just what they did. They laughed. Okay, but I ain't laughing, Bill. I'm, I'm a businessman here, and I want to sell tickets. I want people to ride the bus. Well, actually, I want to sell tickets more than I want them to ride the bus. And I think at the Florida Lottery, actually, we're selling those So tickets. you sell the tickets, and somebody that rides from, from a Brandon... On the Express to downtown Tampa, somebody in that morning commute is going to win something, right? Well, first of all, they've won the ultimate prize at all, which is knowing that the, all the dollars eventually go to the public use, which is public transportation, okay? Just like with education, you know, is the beneficiary of the Florida Lottery, we know that, you know, the money is going for a good cause, right, Bill? So we, we got that going for us here. But then also, too, we also know that the money is going to pay salaries for bus drivers. and, and But it's actually a real product here. I mean, getting from point A to mm-hmm. point B is an end worthy of itself. And, you know, utilizing underutilized assets in our community is a end worthy of itself. Now, mm-hmm. the thing about the Florida Lottery is, is that they're already spending advertising dollars with HART, our local uh, regional transportation agency, Right. But not on every line. Well, they should. That's no, 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 should. because they only want to, they only market in lower income zip codes. 
or services going in and out of lower income zip codes. Now, you might see a big billboard on three or four of the main thoroughways in your area that talks about the big Powerball from from time to time. But if you look at all the concentrated advertising, it's where the lottery tickets are sold. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. I have a theory. By the way, you can call and disagree. There are people... There are people listening right now, Kevin, who play the lottery. Now, I want to tell you, for those of you who play a ticket a week, okay, and it's your dog's birthday, it's your cat's birthday, you know, however you come up with your number, okay, there are some people that will buy a ticket every week. Now, first, let me tell you, if you buy a ticket every week, the Florida lottery would go out of business because the Florida lottery doesn't make it on individual tickets. It makes it on the people, and I want to I wanna challenge you, whether you're in Sarasota, Bradenton, Lakeland, Clearwater, St. Pete, uh, Newport, Ritchie, um, Lakeland. Go to your poorest zip codes on a Friday afternoon when the paychecks come in, and, and go try and buy some milk at a Circle K. Kevin, you're going to have to wait a while, because that's where the, bill, the major billboards are. That's where it's marketed. And I want to tell you that the people who are supporting the lottery probably aren't going to listen to an issue show like this and buying the big tickets. Now, I'm also not talking about when you got a $100 million Powerball and everybody's buying a gazillion tickets. Throw that away. Those are one-time bumps. But the idea here is, and the other thing is, Kevin, most people don't realize, if you're opposed to the lottery, but do you have a son or daughter, do you still take the bright future scholarship because people don't know i've got a friend that was so committed to being anti-gambling his daughter or son went to the university of florida they went in a few years ago and he had the automatic and he refused the bright futures and they say why nobody refused it he goes well because i believe that the uh, state sanctioning of gambling is really a tax on the poor people and I'm not going to participate in any kind of benefit on the backs of poor people. And he refused the Bright Futures. Kevin, I wonder how many people realize that when you buy Bright Futures, you really got the poorest of the people that are paying for these scholarships. Well, hopefully there some, is some overlap between the poorest of the people and those scholarships that are getting awarded to people who may not be able to go to college in any other way. So I, I hope that's going on. But similarly, too, for the purposes of, of the, the conversation way I've introduced it is, everybody will win, just like everybody wins in the lottery in the sense that the money does go to education. Well, that person who stood in line, you know, the poor section of town with the little amount of hope, at the very least, they're going to get a bus ride. They're going to get something they already want and probably already need, and they're going to get something for it. And let me say something else about that, too, is, is that me. they have a virtually unlimited supply of potential prizes. Fifteen seconds. i got a hard break. Quick. They have a, because they can award as many free rides as they'd like as extra sweeteners and extra prizes. All right. Kevin, don't go. Just listen to this now. Wait till you find out where they want to sell lottery tickets next. Let's see if you like this one. More of the Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Hi, 
I'm Lois Falconetti, co-owner of Dominic's Blinds and Decor in Sarasota. At Dominic's, we're proud to sell American-made, not imports from China. With 27 years' experience, we assure you our American-made window treatments are far superior in style and quality to the inferior imports from China. Visit us at Clark & McIntosh in Sarasota. Call 922-2345. 922-2345. Dominic's Blinds, American-made, not from China. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Christ Gospel Church of St. Petersburg, Florida invites you to tune in for The Crucified Message with Dr. Tony Young, Jr. Sunday mornings at 730. The hope and prayer of the Crucified Message radio ministry is to remember the great price Jesus Christ paid on the cross of Calvary, to remind those who may be discouraged that they have hope in the power of the blood of Jesus and His Word. To learn more about Christ Gospel Church, visit ChristGospelStPete.org. That's ChristGospelStPete.org. Here on the Bill Bunkley Show, coming back in at uh, 20 minutes past the hour. Ace Andrews, by the way, that's uh, that was his selections. And uh, uh, I got a special thing to say very quickly that uh, my producer for many years, Ace Andrews, this is his last day with us. And that is because um, he has been uh, praying about uh, his life and uh, been very much involved on the uh, Christian side. We have our conservative talk and our Christian talk. And... Um, Ace has accepted uh, a position uh, at his church, and he's going to be going on staff at his church while he goes to uh, seminary. And with that, today is his last day, and so uh, we've been having some fun with him. Um, As usual, we had a going-away party for him Wednesday when I was not here. That was uh, was pretty good. But you know the best party was around here? That's part for the course, you know. Yeah, but the best party was was when we decided I was going to be on all these frequencies. Oh, yeah. There was a big party for that, and and I wasn't here. I was in Tallahassee. And and I I came in on Friday. Hey, there's a balloon in there. We had a party for you a couple days ago. So um, Yeah, this is just par for the course. You yeah, know, well, you know, but I want to tell you, Ace, on behalf of all of us here at Salem Communications, um, you know, it, it, it has just been a great ride with you, and uh, we want to wish you all the best. And, uh, of course, we've had a lot of conversations, and the fact that you've had to put up with me, uh, and especially, you know, it gets a little hectic when we're in Tallahassee, uh, back and forth. But uh, I just want to take a moment and say thanks, and, uh, man, we're praying for you, and wish you all the best as uh, you move on to the next station. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's been a great five years, if you can believe it. Five years. That Did I've you been learn here. anything? No. 
oh, I learned a couple things. <laughs> no, I did. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of lessons. And, and I'll just say this real quickly. As part of this uh, process over the last year when I really had realized that, that God was calling me into the ministry, there was a small uh, part of me that was doubting, should I have gone into radio to begin with? Did I take a wrong step somewhere? And then God got my attention. But but God told me pretty clearly, he said, no, Ace, these five years I was preparing you for the ministry through what you learned here at uh, Salem Media Group. So that's one thing. There's just so many lessons, so many invaluable lessons that I'll be able to take away from here and great friendships and memories that I made. So I'll miss it. I'm looking forward to the next venture, but I'll definitely miss you and, and doing this show. Well, we'll be keeping in touch. But, uh, you know, Ace, when one door closes, another door opens. And, you know, God has brought me a miracle. Oh, I mean, please. He has, he, he, Are you serious? You're going to pull it, that joke It's now. a miracle. It's a miracle. When you call in on Monday, okay, when you call in on Monday, you'll be talking to Mike Miracle. That's yes. right. Mike Miracle is, is a new producer of the Bill Bunkley Show. And for those of you who uh, have, have, have been a little standoffish about the Lord, I want to tell you what. Miracles do happen, and we're going to have evidence of that on Monday. But, again, no, no kidding, Ace. Thank you so much for all of what you've done. And uh, we'll be keeping in touch and uh, hope you have a chance to stop in from time to time and say hello. I I will be sure to do that. And make sure we get that invitation on that special date. And I'm not talking about oh, when you, I, I know I'm not talking about when you graduate se- seminary. Either. No, don't I don't want to get one of those, too. No, uh, no, I know. Don't worry. I've had a lot of people tell me the same thing. So it's all, all right. right. It'll come. It'll come. Give your mom and dad my regards, your pastor, and uh, all of them. Just great job. Great job. All right, let's get back to lottery tickets. Now, let, now, I want you to look at your look at your watch. You're in traffic, right? What is it? Uh, about uh, what? Uh, 24, 25 minutes past the hour. Um, now, imagine this. It's payday, okay? A lot of people are getting paid. You're on your way home. This could be the future Florida. Just hang with me now. So you're on your way home, and uh, maybe some of you, it's a, it's a Friday rite of passage that you go by and uh, you'll fill up your car for the weekend. Now, on a day like this, um, well, with gas prices up a little bit, maybe a little bit off, but imagine that this is a day where you go get gas, and on, on popular days, sometimes you'll have to wait for maybe the car in front of you. And uh, let's face it, some people are a little more efficient with getting out and pumping their gas than than others. But imagine this. Um, if the Florida, the Florida lottery bureaucrats were to get their way, and if nobody was keeping them in check, you know what they've been trying to pass for two, three, four years? Lottery ticket sales at the gas pump. Now, I want you to process this for a minute, because before you jump in, all my my pro-gambling folks jump in and say, yeah, that's a good idea. I just want you to think this through. How much time do you spend waiting for someone to finish pumping their gas right now? Now, imagine, especially if you imagine someone who may not be moving too fast, Someone who still isn't quite up to date with the technology, but they eventually get the card out. They eventually push the card in. They eventually, you know, put their zip code in, and, and now they're ready to hit the grade, and they pump it, and et cetera, et cetera. And then they've got to they've got to find the button to push because they don't want to get gas without a receipt. And by the way, I'm with you. I never get gas without a receipt. I don't get anything without a receipt because I'm waiting for 
you know, identity theft 101. So imagine then that they've completed their gas purchase, and now they're going to push a button. Bing, I want to buy a lottery ticket. And now they have to get that little piece of paper out, okay? Because they got to get, uh, you know, when the dog was born or uh, when, when the parakeet passed away or, you know, my wife's birthday, whatever those numbers are. Now imagine all you want to do is get gas in your car and go home and begin to be enjoying your weekend. And now you're waiting for the person to get the wallet out, get the purse out, find that little piece of paper that is has just been crumpled up for years because they've never won the big numbers yet. And now you're waiting for them to go through the process of buying a lottery ticket. Now imagine, <laughs> as some of you have been to the, to the shop and go stores, the 7-Elevens, so imagine if it's Friday afternoon and they're trying to buy five or ten. All at the at the gas pump. Now, I don't know if they're going to restrict the gas pump sales, just any other. But um, let me ask you a question. Even for those of you who are saying, Bunkley, man, you're, you're pretty narrow-minded. I know you're that religious conservative. I know I know you're a Southern Baptist. I, blah, 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 blah. I get all that. Um, but I but, but I just know that when I've talked to friends of mine who are are not in the in the camp of uh, trying to protect people who end up being problem gamblers, just like I try to protect people from opioids or try to protect them from all sorts of manner of uh, how they can just self destruct. Uh, the idea is is even with people who you know indulge in in the lottery, they're not real excited about these situations coming to. You know, the gas pump. And so I want to tell you that as as we look at some of these things uh, in the lottery, let me just say, and I've dealt with the hypocrisy this week, when I'm in Tallahassee, my whole life is maneuvering in and out of one hypocrisy, one hypocrite, one backstab. I mean, we got some honorable people serving, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that I I won't repeat on the radio because it's just occupational hazard when you're when you're dealing with a bunch of folks who have large egos and uh, and there's money, there's money at stake, there's there's budget or funding. But um, I got to tell you that um, what they have done with the expansion of the lottery. And one reason why I, I, I hate it so is lottery was sold to you, the citizens, as something that was going to enhance all the money that was left over from the payouts. All With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. President Trump has addressed the National Rifle Association Convention in Atlanta telling members of the group that they now have a friend and champion in the White House. Tomorrow marks Mr. Trump's 100th day in office. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is warning the U.N. Security Council that time is running out to deal with the North Korean nuclear program. Final congressional approval of a short-term spending bill. It avoids a partial government shutdown at midnight. Former President George H.W. Bush is back home from the hospital in Houston. He was treated for a mild case of pneumonia and chronic bronchitis during a two-week hospital stay. On Wall Street today, the Dow closed down 41 points. The Nasdaq was off one. The S&P ended five points lower. 
More details at srnnews.com. Bill Bunkley here. The National Day of Prayer is coming up Thursday, May 4th, with the theme, For Your Great Namesake, Hear Us, Forgive Us, Heal Us. I hope you'll join us in lifting up our nation and our leaders before the Lord during a special prayer rally at Countryside Christian Center in Clearwater. I'll be broadcasting live 4 to 6, leading up to a gathering of Christians from across the Bay Area. I'm looking forward to an amazing evening of worship and prayer beginning at 7 at Countryside Christian Center. Learn more at letstalkfaith.com. If you're over 50 and concerned about any of the following, stay tuned for an exclusive free bottle offer. Are you concerned about your heart health? Are you interested in healthy brain function? What about joint comfort? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, we want to send you a free bottle of Krill Omega 50 Plus. Krill Omega 50 Plus combines krill oil with ultra-pure fish oil in one tiny pill. And it promotes your joint health, your heart health, your arteries, brain function, and even your eye health. Best of all, you can get a free bottle of Krill Omega 50 Plus today. Just pay for shipping and we'll send you a free bottle. Experience the miracle of Krill Omega 50 plus call now for your free bottle 1-800-340-5765 that's 1-800-340-5765 1-800-340-5765 again call now 1-800-340-5765 my name is leslie and my daughter lucy goes to christian school for years faith talk 570 and 910 has been helping bay area parents provide their children with an affordable private Christian school education. You know, I went to Christian school growing up, and I had wanted Lucy to go there. As I've been going back to work and trying to ramp up, having the 50% off thanks to Faith Talk has been huge for us. That's right. At ChristianTuitions.com, you'll find a wide selection of private Christian schools in our area with half off the first year's tuition. It has been such a gift for her. She loves the people there, absolutely loves the teachers. They pray before each class. It's just been a blessing. Half off at ChristianTuitions.com may sound too good to be true, but it is true. They talk is wonderful, and you all are considering a private Christian education and trying to really make it work. They can make it happen. Learn more and get half off your first year at ChristianTuitions.com. That's ChristianTuitions.com. Ask an attorney. All about Florida law with attorney Joe Pippin. Are there advantages to having a land trust? Basically, I think the main purpose people do land trust is for privacy and secrecy of who the owner is. So there are some benefits to it, but like most trusts, main purpose is to avoid probate, avoid guardianship, and, and so forth. So that's something you and your attorney would just sit down and discuss what's best. Join us for Ask an Attorney, live every Saturday morning at 8 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. All right, believe it or not, we are back. It is 34 minutes past the hour, and, um, well, you know what? When it's your last day, you know when it's your last day and uh, everybody's wishing you well and it's just one of those special days, you know that's the day that you're forgiven. You know what? You can just you can just be taking in all the accolades and everything's going well. And uh, so what you do is you forget to tell the show host, hey, we, we're going to break. <laughs> so if uh, Ace was really, Ace is really enjoying his last day here. So I just, 
Normally we, we don't call attention to stuff, but uh, I think you'll understand. You know what? I, I guess I'm going out on top then, aren't I? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Well, I mean, next thing I know, we're out and Ace is saying, hey, man, oh, wow, hey, oh, hey. So, uh, anyway, I'm sure you will forgive Ace just like I have. It's just one of those special days. But we are back this afternoon. Was talking about gambling. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure where I was at, but the essential thing, I, I thought I'd make a point. By the way, phone lines are open right now at 877-943-9673. And I know I always have some uh, pro uh, gambling folks that uh, want to um, make a point on how backwards I am of uh, not being a, an advocate here. Um, but uh, you want to call me and join the conversation, 877-943-9673. Toll free 877-943-9673, Tampa 813-287-5700, Sarasota, Manatee County. Join the conversation, 941-955-0930. Talk about, we'll get to uh, Donald Trump, which what I thought I was going to talk about this afternoon, but now we're kind of on a roll uh, about this. Um, yeah, um, the Florida lottery was supposed, was sold to you. Now, if you're too young to remember, you need to be asking uh, your parents or your grandparents. If they remember, the legislator said, no, what we're going to do is we're going to do this little lottery thing, and it's just going to enhance. That means that whatever we take in and the proceeds net of the lottery, it's going to enhance what we spend on education. Now, let me ask you a question for you veterans of uh, politics and veterans of how government works. How long do you think it was before it was no longer an enhancement? Didn't take long. Today, the Florida lottery proceeds are a are part of a significant segment of the overall budget of our education delivery of services. So there again, instead of just telling you the truth, in having you vote on something that uh, was uh, pretty reasonable, huh, lottery's not doing what it was supposed to do. Now, now, let me give you another parallel. If you are following me on Twitter, which you can do at Twitter at Bill Bunkley, and you can still do that and go back to uh, a tweet that I released earlier today, or if you are a friend on uh, Facebook, and if not, you can send me a friend request at Facebook at Bill Bunkley. Both those are Bill Bunkley. I went to the actual, I got a graphic. I got a graphic right off the state of Florida website um, map of existing paramutual permit holders in the state of Florida. And, and if, 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 if you can't get it on Facebook or Twitter, follow me. Uh, go ahead and go to the website. Just put in, you know, Florida Paramutual Sites. And go take a look at that photograph. I think there's, there's 30 to 50 active permits right now. It's like all around Florida. I mean, it's very graphic, whether it's High Lie, whether it's the dogs, greyhounds, whether it's uh, the thoroughbreds, all around the state. And if you remember, if you have one in your local community, there was a referendum. That means there was a vote. Tallahassee required each community to have a vote. Now, let's take, uh, you know, Sarasota, Tampa, St. Pete, etc. So there was a vote to have a dog track. There was a vote to have a, a horse racing track. So the, 
give you an idea for those of you who live in Tampa, you know, you go by the dilapidated Tampa Greyhound track. They haven't run dogs there for years because somehow they they split the, the ticket with um, uh, Derby Lane over in St. Petersburg. But But keep in mind that all of these facilities were granted the opportunity to have a state-sanctioned gambling enterprise because the local voters approved it. Now, even though it's been a few decades, local voters approved to going to a dog track, a horse track, highlight. You go there after work, 6, 7 o'clock. You sit down for two, three hours, and uh, every 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, there's a game, there's a highlight game, or there's another dog race or horse race. And uh, part of it was designed to be a social affair along with a chance to uh, wager. Now, the social affair is they had tables and everything, and you could either go in the clubhouse and eat and wager or whatever. But the idea was it was it was a time to get together with your friends and family, and you basically had 12 opportunities or 10 or whatever the number of races were. Well, as you know today, especially with the Internet and how young people have been, um, you know, they're now addicted to the um, to all of the, the games that they play on their pads or online. Well, guess what? Nobody really wants to just go to a, one of these venues to socialize. They're socializing elsewhere. And if they want to, uh, <laughs> the captain's got his money out, and if they want to um, um, gamble, they're not going to gamble one round every 45 minutes, 30 or 45 minutes. But now what What the paramutual industry wants to do is they just want to get the state to throw out that little, that little referendum years ago. No. They just want to have the state to authorize them to go ahead and switch all these sites over to full-fledged casinos. Just like the lottery bureaucracy. If they had their way, we'd have, we'd have <laughs> and they may get their way. That's the point I'm trying to tell you. And I want to ask even those of you who who might be people who, who gamble here and there, do you really want to see Florida wallpapered over with all these casinos? Or do you think, um, and presently they're talking about giving the Seminoles a total of five um, uh, casino sites. Um, the idea was to hold gambling everywhere else, but now the House has suggested, oh, well, maybe we'll let the decoupling uh, of the paramutuals happen, maybe if we give them uh, an individual referendum. I'm just telling you right now that in my opinion, and I even have people who tell me that they enjoy the gambling part, they themselves don't want all these gambling things all over Florida. They want to keep it limited in scope. And I tell you what, for those of us that believe up here in Tampa that for Miami Day, not so much Broward, that Miami-Dade is just always pro-casino, give us as many as you want. No, there is, first of all, Miami Beach outlawed any company coming and buying a piece of property if they had any intention to do any kind of gambling whatsoever on a property. Miami Beach doesn't want it because they know what comes along with casino gambling. People in Miami don't want it. However, they're talking about... uh, a lot of money has come in from Genting out in Las Vegas. A lot of money going into the Republican Party coffers, Democratic Party coffers. And uh, so there's talk about uh, 
letting one mega casino in and placing it in Miami-Dade. In the last couple of days, I've been uh, reading all sorts of updates of some very prominent people are saying, no, we don't want that business here. We don't want all that comes along with us. So anyway, let me ask you a question. What do you think? For those of you who are listening and you know where your your racetracks are, I mean, is that a place where you want to have, uh, you know, thousands of people there 24-7 hanging out? Uh, is this what you want to have in the cities? Or do you think uh, the kind of economy that we have with uh, the tourist season just ended, our snowbirds, many of them are your neighbors, they've gone home. We have kids coming here by the uh, uh, by the who knows how many thousands to come here for spring break. All of them spending money, and uh, I'll tell you what: what do you do? Most of you head to the beach. Most of you head out to a lake or a river, and uh, we've got a lot of branding. This is what Florida is all about. So um, I hope that uh, you would consider saying, you know, and this is where we're probably at. It would be have I would be I would be delighted if we outlawed all forms of gambling. It's not going to happen. I, I get that, but what I do want to say is, I certainly want to appeal to all of my audience to consider: Can we just leave the existing gambling where it's at? Can we at least limit and, and keep the Florida lottery, the ticket sales, and what they do? Can we just keep it where it's at? Can we just not expand this footprint any further? Because if you want a lottery ticket, you know what stores to go to. You know where you can buy it. You don't have to buy it at a pump. You don't have to have uh, vending machines selling lottery tickets or scratch-offs or whatnot at all sorts of places where there's no monitoring, where where minors won't be able to get into it. And that's that's... I fought the vending machines because I wanted to have uh, kill switches on them. I wanted them to be in the sight line of, like if it's in a a grocery store, sight line of the customer service desk. So if some teenager was in trying to buy some lottery tickets, they could push a button and freeze the machine because we don't want kids underage doing that. So uh, I appeal to you to uh, ask yourself, is it not reasonable to just communicate to our Florida senators and our Florida uh, Members of the House, hey, don't, hey, back this thing off. Don't, don't be authorizing any more expanded gambling. And by the way, maybe you have a business or you had a business, and maybe you had a business or maybe your parents had a business that it was going, it was going gangbusters for years. And guess what? Times change, products change, services change. And I ask you this, did the state of Florida ever come along and change the game and bail you out, bail your mom or dad out, or bailed your business out? No. When horse and buggies were no longer the form of transportation, guess what? Delivery stables went out of business. They're gone. You don't find them today. You don't find the state giving a livery stable a couple hundred thousand dollars a year so they meet their overhead. Well, that's what they're looking to do with the paramutual sites. And I think the state ought to just buy back their permits if that's what they want to do. And if nobody wants to go see the dogs race, nobody wants to see the highlight, et cetera, et cetera, let them go out of business and 
You want a casino gamble? Just go to the Seminoles, and they're going to pay a high price for that exclusivity going into state coffers, and let's just keep it contained. 877-943-9673. Do you believe we ought to have expanded gambling? 877-943-9673. Tampa, 813-287-5700. And Sarasota Manatee, Bradenton, 941-955-0930. I'm Bill Bunkley. Let's take a timeout. More of our show coming up. By the way, hey, have you got your tickets for our event on May the 10th? That's right. It is our President Trump, the first 100 days tour. And Captain Matt Bruce, yours truly, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, and Phil Grande, all going to be there. VIP reception starts at 530 on Michael's on East. Go right now to am930theanswer.com to get your tickets. I want to see you there. Don't go away. I'll be right back. is all it takes to make your thin hair feel and look thicker and fuller. Guaranteed. Viviscal is the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the U.S., with one box being sold every minute globally. It's clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And now, a 90-day supply of Viviscal is offered in your area, risk-free plus free shipping. Call 800-313-6952. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within. You'll love your hair growth results. Guaranteed. Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by top doctors. Here's Dr. John Laura. As a dermatologist, I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. Want to try Viviscal? Every listener that calls now gets a 90-day risk-free supply plus free shipping. Call now, 800-313-6952. 800-313-6952. That's 800-313-6952. The Tampa Bay National National Day of Prayer Council and Pray Tampa Bay invite you to the 25th Tampa Bay National Day of Prayer brunch at the a la carte Shrine Pavilion in Tampa on Thursday, May 4th. This year's keynote speaker is atheist turned Christian and best-selling author Lee Strobel. Make plans to come to this local National Day of Prayer event as we focus on mobilizing the Christian community to intercede for America and its leadership through prayer. Visit TampaPrayerBrunch.com for more information and to reserve your seat today. I feel like I can drop my children off at school in the morning and feel confident that they are in the very best of hands. Sarasota Christian School provides Christ-centered education for students pre-K through 12th grade. Here's what some of the parents had to say about Sarasota Christian School. I think the Christian Foundation is very important to us as a family, and our teachers infuse Christianity into the lessons. The quality of the academics at Sarasota Christian School have made it a definite choice competitively for the local school system. You are basically shown and demonstrated the, the morals and the character that will serve you well for the rest of your life. These parents are pleased with their choice to send their children to Sarasota Christian. You can too. I feel like they're not only getting a phenomenal education, but they're around Christ, honoring people all day long. Learn more at sarasotachristian.org. That's sarasotachristian.org. I'm Trina Webster. And I'm Dan Webster, founders of Z Quiet. Let me be honest, I snored. Yeah, he did. 
crazy loud. I was forced to sleep on the couch most nights. Dan tried everything, including surgery to solve his snoring problem. Nothing worked. So he turned to experts and created a solution that's a total game changer, a mouthpiece called Z-Quiet. Not just any mouthpiece, one that gently opens the airway where the snoring happens. In fact, it's based on the same technology as treatments costing thousands of dollars. It allows natural jaw movement so you can talk, breathe normally, and best of all, sleep comfortably without making a sound. And what's really cool is that it couldn't be easier. Just pop it in before you go to sleep to kick snoring out of bed. So you can sleep quiet with Z-Quiet. Z-Quiet fits both men and women. Try it risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. Go to GetZQuiet.com or text SNORE to 91011. Go to GetZQuiet.com or text SNORE to 91011. Join us weeknights at 6 for Living Truth with Ken Witten, Senior Pastor of Exciting Idlewild Baptist Church in Lutz. That manna was small, talking about humility. That's my humility. That manna was white, talking about his purity. That's my purity. It was round, talking about the eternality of Christ. And what you have is the humility and purity and eternality of Christ. And he's saying, that's me. Don't miss Living Truth with Ken Witten. Weeknights at 6 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Hey, we're back. It is uh, 52 minutes past the hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. Getting ready for our second hour. And um, I want to remind you that uh, tomorrow is the 100 days. That's right. 100 days of Donald Trump. And he's got a special tonight with Martha McCallum. And uh, I think it's tonight or tomorrow. Anyway, um, he said that he is disappointed with how congressional Republicans have handled big legislation on health care and other issues as he spoke with her about his first 100 days in office. But uh, he rejected the notion that he hasn't had major legislative legislative victories so far. And, uh, of course, Fox News reports that he said he understands the challenge for lawmakers trying to navigate what he called a very tough system. A very tough system. Um, I'm disappointed, he added. I tell you, House Speaker Paul Ryan's trying very, very hard I think everybody is trying very, very hard. And right now, Congress today, by the way, has approved their stopgap spending bill. There will not be a government shutdown. We have the extension. Now, happy but not happy about that because we've lived many years with a government that has just done extensions. And I think that just like your Florida legislators right now in Tallahassee are hammering out the next one-year budget for the state of Florida, that is the, probably the only major responsibility, in addition to, I guess, some things like national defense. It is different on the federal level. But, uh, you know, it's very important for these guys to, you know, and these guys and gals who represent us in the Congress, well, to sit down, hammer out a budget, and get it done. So we will see. Uh, we've got that. They were trying to see if they could get Obamacare, the repeal and replace, if they could have the initial vote of that. Happening by tomorrow, I don't think that's going to be happening, but I understand that the Freedom Coalition is now on board, and they're just trying to um, button up some uh, of the moderates. And so looks like that we're going to be uh, hearing about uh, the repeal and replace of Obamacare. And from what I've seen uh, on the initial layout, it's, um, it's going to be much more of a better package 
some of the concerns uh, in terms of mandates and cost. Those of those have been reworked. It has been restructured, and uh, I think that uh, it's designed to be able to do on the budget reconciliation uh, sort of approach, and we'll get uh, some beginning movement on uh, what uh, many Americans um, was one of their top three issues. Uh, the second top three issue, of course, was um, illegal immigration, and many are supporting border security, which has been um, reduced in some minds to building a wall, and then tax reform. So i got to tell you, when you look at his first 100 days, uh, yes, if you're talking about things that have been completed, well, you know what? Many of these things, there's no way they would have been completed in 100 days. It's impossible. For those of you that were with me, were with me when the budget, uh, uh, when, when the initial Obamacare, after just a handful of days, failed, and they said they were moving on, I was outraged. I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I, I work on major things in Tallahassee that takes two or three years on the big ones, and you're going to be trying to uh, dismantle something that those on the left had built, uh, thinking that uh, number one, it was built to, to fail. And then to fail, it was something that could not be fixed. The only thing that could happen was for there to be a big government uh, a bailout and a single-payer system. Well, hello, it's going to take some time for that to, uh, for, for the real smart people in this country, people who, who know numbers, people know who know actuary uh, tables, people who uh, can uh, have the experience of uh, uh, what will attract health, healthy people to an opportunity uh, in large enough numbers to be able to pay for those within that same grouping. Uh, it's referred also to a network to where we can cover folks that are uh, a little bit more um, going to be weighing on the system in terms of benefits being paid out. But i tell you what, I'm uh, excited. I'm excited that we're going to have a, a great discussion just coming up in a few days on May the 10th. Last night, I believe we kicked off our first one, uh, Hugh Hewitt. And uh, Larry Elder, of course, Larry was with us yesterday. Uh, Hugh Hewitt and Larry Elder kicked off our first 100 Days event with the Salem Real Network. It was at the Reagan Library in California. And so we are excited to have these uh, conversations with our audience all around the nation. And, uh, again, on May the 10th, I hope that uh, you're going to consider coming out. I'd love to meet you. love to shake your hand, have a chat with you. And you'll get a chance to uh, not only uh, dialogue with me, but Captain Matt Bruce. And uh, he'll be on the air here coming up uh, at about 2 a.m. this morning on our answer stations. Uh, he'll be ready to um, to engage with you as well. Uh, Phil Grandy, who uh, is on every afternoon at the 4 o'clock, uh, excuse me, the 3 o'clock hour, he's going to be there as well. So we've got a lot lined up on that date and um some of the issues that we'll be talking about will be a, a little bit of an update, but we're really looking forward to what? We're looking forward to the first year report card. That's right, the first year report card, and that's what's going to be very, very interesting indeed. Well, coming up in just a moment on our answer stations, AM 860 and 930, it'll be Jay Sekulow. Coming up next on AM 57910, it's the second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. And for all others, again, it's so very important for you to hear that uh, we are honored to be with you today. And we have uh, such an extensive platform in the um, 4 o'clock afternoon drive, blanketing all West Central Florida. 
Uh, we want to be here for you. And I'm especially looking forward to uh, when the session is over and we'll be able to have a, a little bit more of um, uh, some organized conversations because uh, we're here to hear from you. Well, until next week at 4 for some of you, we'll see you then for others. I'll see you at 57910. My name is Leslie, and my daughter, Lucy, goes to Christian school. For years, Faith Talk 570 and 910 has been helping Bay Area parents provide their children with an affordable private Christian school education. You know, I went to Christian school growing up, and I had wanted Lucy to go there. As I've been going back to work and trying to ramp up, having the 50% off thanks to Faith Talk has been huge for us. That's right. At ChristianTuitions.com, you'll find a wide selection of private Christian schools in our area with half off the first year's tuition. It has been such a gift for her. She loves the people there, absolutely loves the teachers. They pray before each class. It's just been a blessing. Half off at ChristianTuitions.com may sound too good to be true, but it is true. Faith Talk is wonderful, and you all are considering a private Christian education and trying to really make it work. They can make it happen. Learn more and get half off your first year at ChristianTuitions.com. That's ChristianTuitions.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park, 910 WTWD Plant City, a service of Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. The House and Senate have passed a one-week funding bill avoiding a midnight government shutdown. Passage was more or less assured after House Republicans agreed to drop plans to vote on an Obamacare repeal bill this week. That decision followed a late-night Thursday meeting where leaders acknowledged they don't have the votes. The short-term bill, known as a continuing resolution, funds the government through next Friday and gives lawmakers time to finalize a long-term trillion-dollar spending plan. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. President Trump flew to Atlanta today to speak at the National Rifle Association's convention. Mr. Trump says the NRA finally has a friend in the White House. We have news that you've been waiting for. For a long time, the eight-year assault on your Second Amendment freedoms has come to a crashing end. After delivering his NRA remarks, the president headed to a private fundraiser for Republican congressional candidate Karen Handel, who is running to replace Tom Price in Georgia's 6th congressional district. The Pentagon says the two Army Rangers killed during a raid on an Islamic State compound in Afghanistan may have died as a result of friendly fire. Navy Captain Jeff Davis, a Pentagon spokesman. War is, is uh, a, a very difficult thing. In the heat of battle and the fog of war, uh, the possibility always exists for, for friendly fire. And uh, that may have been what happened here. Captain Davis says the head of the ISIS affiliate in Afghanistan was the target of the Wednesday raid. Officials suspect he was killed but haven't confirmed that. About 35 other enemy fighters were killed, 50 Army Rangers and 40 Afghan commandos took part in the assault on the compound and faced a fierce three-hour firefight. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 41 points, the Nasdaq dropped one, the S&P lower by five, oil up to 49.33 a barrel. More at townhall.com. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The tax doctor is here to help you negotiate a lower tax bill. 
the IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts. But you can stop these IRS actions. The tax doctor will fight for you using industry secrets that can stop any IRS actions, eliminate penalties and interest, and reduce your past tax bill. So you pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor now for a free IRS audit emergency review. Call 855-290-1382. That's 855-290-1382. Again, 855-290-1382. That's 855-290-1382. The Attorney General talked tough today on gangs and immigration in a New York community racked by gang violence. Days after the Brooklyn District Attorney said he would structure prosecutions to reduce the possibility that someone charged with a petty crime would be deported, Attorney General Jeff Sessions says he's baffled by that attitude. People who come to our country unlawfully and commit crimes should be deported. That's what the law says. It makes common sense. Sessions was visiting Central Islip, about 50 miles east of New York City, an area plagued by the Salvadoran American gang MS-13. He promised his department would smash transnational gangs, and he claimed many unaccompanied minors fleeing gang violence in Central America are actually recruited into the gangs here. Warren Levinson, New York. A federal appeals court on Friday left in place a decision blocking Blue Cross Blue Shield insurer Anthem's bid to buy rival Cigna, saying that a bigger company is not better for consumers. A two-to-one decision upholds a federal judge's ruling in February. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Automaker Toyota is recalling over a quarter million pickup trucks. The automaker says an oil leak in the rear differential on some 2016 and 2017 Tacomas could cause drivers to lose control. The differential is a set of gears that distribute power to the rear wheels. Toyota is urging owners to bring in their trucks for a checkup. Any repairs needed will be done free of charge. Rhonda Rockstra reporting. Former President George H.W. Bush has been released from a Houston hospital where he received treatment for a mild case of pneumonia and chronic bronchitis during a two-week stay. Mr. Bush's spokesman Jim McGrath said in a statement that the 92-year-old 41st President of the United States was discharged from Houston Methodist Hospital on Friday. McGrath says Mr. Bush is pleased to be home. Bush was admitted to Houston Methodist Hospital on April 14th for treatment of a persistent cough. Doctors determined that he had pneumonia. More on these stories at townhall.com.
have Dr. Ted Bear himself is going to be joining us to give us a little background on a Hollywood beat today. Going to talk a little bit about uh, what season Hollywood is in right now, and uh, is this a time where they're taking time off, or are they actually out in the field in production? We'll also talk about uh, the movie The Promise and about persecution. Another TV special that uh, we're recommending, Little Big Shots, as well as two articles. All that and more in this exciting hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go away, because I'll be right back. For 47 years, CBMC, the Christian Businessmen's Connection, has hosted our largest Tampa Bay outreach event of the year. On May 16th at 7 p.m., Daryl Strawberry will share his amazing testimony of how Jesus saved him. The goal is to bring someone who needs to hear the gospel in this unique, non-confrontational format at George Steinbrenner Field. The best part? It's free to anyone who brings someone who needs to hear the gospel. All details are at tampabayprayer.com. That's tampabayprayer.com. Do you remember the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, come down here. I'm having dinner at your house. Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Or Peter's words to Jesus in the midst of the storm on Galilee. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. The stories of our faith. Let them come alive like never before as you experience Israel. A 10-day odyssey, November 1st through 10th, during Jerusalem's 50th anniversary with Pastor Sean Thornton of Westlake Village Calvary Chapel. While visiting the Sea of Galilee, the Mount of Olives, Old Jerusalem, and more, you'll enjoy luxury accommodations. Most of all, the stories of our faith will come alive like never before. Experience Israel, November 1st through 10th. Don't miss out. Register today. Keywords Experience Israel at letstalkfaith.com. Choose your coach. This is Roger Patterson with the Minute Division for Life. Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry once said, A coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who has you see what you don't want to see, so you can be who you've always known you could be. You don't always get to choose your coach in athletics. As a matter of fact, it's usually the other way around. Yet in your spiritual walk, the scripture challenges us to choose wisdom as our coach. All of Proverbs chapter 8 is an invitation to join wisdom's team. From verse 4 to verse 36, wisdom is personified as a woman speaking in the first person, essentially extending a personal invitation to learn from her. Verses 32 through 34 state, And so, my children, listen to me, for all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. Friend, I want to challenge you to choose your coach by choosing wisdom. You've been listening to Dr. Roger Patterson with A Minute of Vision at visionforlife.org. Another last-minute adventure from Hotels.com. After nine hours in the car, we were almost home from vacation. Things were going well until... Sparkles! We left my hamster. Sparkles. They headed back for Sparkles, but they didn't know about last-minute deals from Hotels.com. So we slept in our car. Life happens, and when it does, Hotels.com has a last-minute deal. Right now, find great deals in Orlando, Atlanta, and throughout Florida. Hotels.com. Be smart. Book smart. 
Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 9.30 on WTBN as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com and join her every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. right here on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show, and this is a very special time of the week because this is my opportunity to pull over and, um, well, as uh, usual, make a book recommendation to you today. Uh, what an excellent, excellent uh, opportunity to uh, let you know about uh, David Limbaugh and his brand new book, The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. And of course, David Limbaugh is well-known. He's a lawyer, nationally syndicated columnist with Creator Syndicate, political commentator and author of several New York Times bestsellers, including, we talked about this in one of his previous appearances on our show, The Emmaus Code, and the number one bestseller, Crimes Against Liberty. Well, he is the brother of radio talk show host Rush Limbaugh. He lives in their childhood home of Cape Girardeau, Missouri, with his wife and children. David, good to have you back on our show this afternoon. Well, I know that uh, a few weeks ago we had a chance to uh, catch up with you at the NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, uh, gathering there in Orlando, Florida, and you were getting ready for your new rollout. And uh, we're just uh, proud to have you with us today. And, of course, uh, your new book is also published by one of our sister organizations with Salem Media, Regnery Publishing. But... uh, Let's let's get right into this, because last time you were here, we talked about the Emmaus Code. And in the Emmaus Code, that was where you took uh, every book of the Old Testament and talked about how it pointed to Jesus. Tell us a little bit about the transition from that book to this book. Well, I intended for this this book to be a follow-up to that book. That was a primer on the Old Testament, and as you say... Uh, it pointed to Christ in all the books, and I tried to demonstrate that. This book was to be a primer uh, on the entire New Testament, kind of a New Testament survey or intro for the uninitiated, people who didn't know that much about it. Uh, and then as I got into it, I realized that I would, in order to do it justice, I would need to narrow the scope just to the Gospels because I started uh, trying to condense the Gospels and summarizing the message uh, for purposes of, no, oh, probably 50 pages or so. So I'd have enough pages left to do the rest of the New Testament. And as I started doing that, I realized just how inadequate that number of pages would be. And I called the publisher, my publisher, and asked if I could reorganize it, restructure it to do the Gospels alone. And they readily agreed. And so the result is a is an examination of the Gospels in two parts, parts one through, uh, part one being chapters one through four, where I do an introductory to all the Gospels individually and collectively who wrote them and everything, and uh, the intertestamental history, what the period of uh, what the land was like and what happened to the people in the land, the Promised Land, uh, during the period between the Testaments from about 400 B.C. to the time Jesus entered. And then looked at Jewish messianic expectations and what the what the land was like, what the culture was like in the land as Jesus entered 
into human history. And then the second part is the main part, chapters 5 through 12, where I go into the Gospels themselves. And I, what I try to do is a combination of all the Gospels into one unified, almost or mostly chronological account. It's not a, an attempt to perfectly harmonize the Gospels, which I don't think you can do, and you sh- nor that you, that you should ought to do it, but that I combine these all of the Gospels for purposes of presenting every event and speech that occurred in the Gospels, mostly uh, the words of Jesus verbatim, the long and short speeches, the discourses, and, and sometimes paraphrasing the events, but always trying to stay true to the text, and then uh, having commentary uh, throughout every section to try to help the reader understand what they're reading. The ultimate goal, again, is not to restate the Gospels or to improve upon God's written word or to perfectly harmonize something that can't and shouldn't be harmonized because we need four different perspectives from the four different complementary Gospel writers, but to encourage, to expose people, give them a, an idea of what it's like, try to help reduce their intimidation about the Gospels and the Bible, and then inspire them to read the Bibles for themselves, where the Gospels for themselves, where they will hopefully encounter the, the living Son of God. Hmm. David Limbaugh, we talk about these 400 years where the Bible is silent, and we go from, uh, what, Malachi into the four Gospels in terms of how most uh, people uh, in the West will be exposed to this story of the of the Son of God. Talk a little bit about that, because many people don't even realize that there was 400 years of silence, but there are cultural issues, there are uh, issues with uh, those who ruled the territory. Talk about that, because that was uh, the the backdrop for the perfect timing on behalf of uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for his son to arrive on the scene. Yeah, the, the Jews were, were dominated by the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans, and and they were in constant turmoil, turmoil. And while they had relative peace in some, sometimes during this, this period, they were mostly subjugated to these foreign powers. And they had been in captivity uh, in in earlier centuries, and they'd been returned to their land. Many of them had been returned to their land, and they were kind of uh, introspective during that period, wondering, knowing that they had disobeyed God, and so they. He had exacted his judgment on them by bringing in foreign powers and conquering them and taking them into captivity. So they knew they needed to get right with God and become obedient again and devote themselves, redevote themselves, rededicate themselves to the law and the temple and the sacrifices. Uh, And they were looking forward to a Messiah who would deliver them militarily and politically from their oppressors. But instead, during that period, they just had constant turmoil, and even when they rebelled, uh, ultimately those rebellions were quashed, and they were sitting there wondering, when is the Messiah going to come and deliver us? So I look into what the Jewish Messianic expectations were and say that essentially they were looking for a military and political deliverer, and uh, also when uh, the gospel came, I discuss what the— what the providential confluence of events ex- that existed at the time that Jesus came to enable the quick spread of the gospel. So you had the Roman peace, the Pax Romana, where you had uh, the Ro- Roman Empire had established peace and a sophisticated, sophisticated system of roads and 
uh, communication so that spread of the gospel was easier. You had a, the entire area being Hellenized with Greek culture and a common Greek language, which facilitated the spread of the gospel. You had a Jewish infrastructure with synagogues set up for uh, being taken over by the churches when Christianity spread. And so there'd be a, a likely and, and a helpful place for Christians to, to spread their message and to meet and congregate and provide each other nourishment and support, a spiritual nourishment and support. And so what the, the Jews expected was that this Messiah would be a military deliverer. And when he came uh, and presented himself as a suffering servant, did not conquer anyone, but allowed himself to be conquered, uh, they were perplexed. And uh, they rejected him by and large. He was also uh, hung on a tree, in effect, when he was crucified. And, and the scripture said anyone hung on a tree is cursed. So they couldn't imagine that this Jesus, who not only didn't conquer, but allowed himself to be humiliated, defeated, and crucified, and then was cursed on a tree, no way he could be the Messiah prophesied by the Old Testament. What they didn't understand was uh, that uh, the Old Testament also prophesied a suffering servant, but it, it was presented kind of in a shadowy form, and we can be sympathetic to them not understanding it. We look at it through New Testament lenses, and we have a better understanding. But uh, when Christ came, uh, they even after he died, they still didn't accept him. It wasn't until even his disciples, it wasn't until he returned in his bodily resurrection and revealed himself to them and took them through the scriptures and said who he was and ate with them. And they touched him and he ate and he was a real human being that they finally accepted him as the Messiah. And still the, the lion's share of the Jews didn't, but the disciples finally did. And so they were transformed from cowards and skeptics to bold proclaimants for the gospel. You're listening. David Linball is my guest this afternoon, talking about the book I'm recommending this afternoon, The True Jesus, um, Undiscovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels, one that uh, I suggest you pick up. And uh, well, what a magnificent read. It is an opportunity for uh, David has put together primarily the four Gospels in a timeline. Each of the Gospel writers were raised up by God and led by the Holy Spirit uh, in different ways to bring out different aspects of this story. David brings it all together in one narrative as we move through it for us to more fully understanding all of the, the, the working pieces, if you will, as we went through this period of time. Now, what's interesting to me, David, is, is you just touched on it. Um, you know, uh, we, we probably could get the fact that uh, the, 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 the Israelites in general didn't get Jesus when he failed to enter in and organize them militarily. But it is very telling that, especially when you put all four Gospels together, to the extent that that the disciples themselves didn't get who Jesus was, didn't really get what he was all about until after the crucifixion. And the fact that not one of them really put it together and one of them betrayed that, that certainly stands out to me as something worthy of, uh, of a lot of thought and uh, just contemplation on our parts. Yeah, it really is. It's daunting. Uh, I mean, it's, it's sobering to think that they were around him, watched him teach, were amazed by his authoritative teachings, saw him uh, heal people miraculously, and saw him uh, teach with wisdom that nobody had ever seen before. And 
yet they still were doubtful because he didn't fit the template that they they had been expecting. And so it just shows how how human beings are. And he walked on water in front of them, literally. Uh, he produced uh, multitudes, bread for multitudes out of just a few and fishes. And it was, it, it was just amazing the things he did, and yet they still rejected him. And it was only when he came back in his bodily resurrection. That's why we need to understand. That's one of the many reasons that the resurrection, the actual physical bodily resurrection of Jesus in human history is pivotal to Christianity. And the Apostle Paul said, without the resurrection, we are dead in our sins. We're the biggest fools of all people because if Jesus was not resurrected, then everything we believe in is a joke, and we are to be pitied most among people. So we must believe that Jesus lived, died a sacrificial death, and was bodily resurrected so that we could live by appropriating uh, his finished work on the cross and having his righteousness imputed to us. Hmm. David Limbaugh, when we read the four gospel accounts together, as you have put it together, and uh, we see these different, uh, I guess I would call them bits and pieces. I mean, we have Jesus who's sort of moving out, moving in and out on how he's revealing himself first to the 12, then to those that are gathered to hear from him. Talk a little bit about uh, the fact that he, you know, he, he used these riddles uh, in, in, in the ways that he communicated. But um, have you thought about why he didn't just consistently tell his 12 who he was and, and just keep hammering it home for them to get it? You know, I think Jesus knew in the first place what level of understanding they had and what their perception was. So I think that I, I, you can read the Gospels and wonder if he's playing games or talking in riddles, and why would he do that? Why would he toy with them if that's what, in fact, we think he did? I don't think so, and I think obviously we know that he wasn't toying with anybody. I think he was bringing people along, and they they had to have levels of understanding. It was a shock to their system. Again, they didn't understand who he was in the context of what they were doing, and he, and I think he brought them into it slowly, but he began to talk to, to them and everyone in parables, but it says that he began to explain the parables to his disciples, but he didn't want certain other people to understand. Now, you might say, why didn't he want them to understand? Well, it's not that he didn't want them to understand, but he knew that certain people have hardness of heart, have, have had a hardness of heart, and he... I think, assumed that they were, were not going to improve on that. And so he basically was preaching to the disciples. He did not want to be completely explicit in the area of Judah and Jerusalem specifically, because if he had, they might have tried to crucify him that much quicker, that much more quickly. And it, his death was to be in God's time, uh, in, in God's appointed time. He sometimes said he was the Messiah directly, such as to the woman on the well, but that was woman at the well, and that was in Samaria, but he faced no real fear of being uh, crucified there, being captured by the authorities. This was in Samaria with the Samaritan people, and so, and he did it in other places more directly, but he clearly told Peter at certain points that he was the Messiah and that he would die and be uh, in the in the belly of the earth for three days, and then after he, afterwards he would be resurrected. But they still didn't get it. 
I, I really don't totally understand it, but I, as I've come to believe throughout the years, God knows our heart. And, and he, if we seek him, he says that we will find him. If we not, he says he will answer the door. How much more will the, God, the father of the son of God mm. uh, respond to human beings imploring that he reveal himself to them? How much more will he respond than an earthly father responds lovingly to his kids? We have that assurance in Scripture that he won't hide the truth from us if we ask him sincerely and earnestly with an open heart and an open mind to do it. So I have no quarrel with, not that I could ever have a quarrel with God, but you know what I mean. In, yes. in terms speaking figuratively, I don't even have a problem with it because I've come to understand that God leads us along. He reveals himself to us. He woos us through his Holy Spirit in his time, and he reveals it in his way. And sometimes it might take a thousand little drops of uh, seeds being planted before we ultimately come to Christ and realize who he is. I, I started out as a skeptic, and I am blessed and grateful that people were persistent and kept dropping seeds that accumulated, and finally uh, I came to be a believer. So I, I'm a full, a full faith that God does things in his own time, and it all works out for the good of those who believe. Mm. Your book is entitled uh, The True Jesus, and David Limbaugh, when I watch a special on, well, CNN or PBS or the History Channel, and they uh, deal with the subject through some of their work of just who was this Jesus. Uh, I'm sure one of the reasons why you wrote this was that you wanted to go to the source material and tell us about the true Jesus. I, I think about the Jesus that uh, twice overturned the money changers in the temple, his father's house, and we have this picture of Jesus is just always turning the cheek. Uh, and the last question is, uh, tell us how important it is for us to go to the source documents that you did to really understand who the true Jesus is and not uh, the Jesus that contemporary culture would like to uh, tell us he is. Exactly right. Jesus did not come to bring peace, at least not in his first coming. He didn't come as some hippie skipping through the tulip uh, who would be tolerant of all ideas. He came as the truth and the life and the light and uh, the light to, the, to a dark world. And he represents truth with a capital T. And he promised not that we would be healthy and wealthy if we just had enough faith, but if we followed him, we'd have to pick up our own cross because we would experience trouble like we'd never seen as a direct result of following him. He would divide brother from brother, sister from sister, mother and father, son and father, in-law from in-law, because the, the world is under the control of evil forces and the world would reject him. And if you follow him, you're going to be rejected by the world. He promised that, and, and that's what's happened. But uh, the popular culture wants to conform Jesus to its uh, ways instead of conforming itself to Jesus's ways. They invent these imposter Jesuses, these phony Jesuses, these fictional Jesuses that didn't exist. The true Jesus was so wonderfully sublime, so perfect, so amazing that no fiction writer could have conceived such a character. When you read, and that's why, dovetailing your point, that's why you go to the source documents, i.e. the Bible itself, and you read the Gospels, and you will never encounter Jesus directly in any other place. You'll read what everybody else said about him, including in the epistles, what the Apostle Paul and the other writers said about Jesus. But only in the Gospels will you read 
the words of the G- of Jesus Christ and see his actions as you're sitting at his feet, listening to his teaching, walking alongside him, observing his miracles. There you get his message and his words and his acts unfettered without a mediator other than the scrivener, the New Testament write, gospel writers who are writing through the Holy Spirit's power. So you get the true Jesus there, encounter the living Son of God. It's essential that we go to the source document, as you call it. The New Testament, the four gospels, uh, my book is a book about Jesus. I think books about Jesus and about the Bible are awesome because they can help accelerate our learning curve, help us become less intimidated. But the ultimate goal, and the ultimate goal in my book, is to encourage and inspire people to read the Gospels for themselves and have a firsthand encounter with the living Son of God, the second person of the, tri- of the Trinity. I want to tell you, David Limbaugh, my guest today, his uh, scholarly research that is no doubt a product of uh, his many years of his uh, law school training has made him very especially gifted, uh, not only with his previous book, but this book. I highly recommend you pick up your copy of The True Jesus, especially if you're a little foggy about who he was. Take all four of the Gospels, put them together, present them at the same time. There you have this work, the true Jesus, uh, uncovering the divinity of Christ in the Gospels. David Lindball is the author. David Lindball, thanks for being with us again, and uh, we wish you great success with this book. I'm highly recommending it to my audience. My honor, and thank you so much for the privilege of being on with you. Great to talk to you again. Take care. God bless you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. You too. All righty. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Again, that book I'm recommending, The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. Get your copy. This is the latest from SRN News. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Tonight, there are reports that North Korea has tested yet another ballistic missile. We'll have more information as it becomes available. President Donald Trump has reaffirmed his support for gun rights, telling attendees at the National Rifle Association Convention in Atlanta that the eight-year assault on your Second Amendment freedoms has come to a crashing end. Mr. Trump is the first sitting president to address the group's annual convention in more than 30 years. He assured the audience he would defend their right to bear arms in a campaign-like speech reminiscent of his election rallies. President Trump has also signed an executive order that will roll back restrictions on oil drilling in the Arctic. Mr. Trump says at a White House signing ceremony that today we're unleashing American energy and clearing the way for thousands and thousands of high-paying jobs. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 41 points. This is SRN News. For life's aches and pains, choose Blue Emu Continuous Pain Relief Spray. It works fast, and it's easy to use. Designed to work odor-free in all those remote areas. It works here. It's odor-free here. It works here. Blue Emu Continuous Pain Relief Spray. Fast-acting, easy-to-use, odor-free pain relief for all those remote areas. Available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and other fine retailers. 
Did you know that 34% of Americans didn't use any of their vacation days last year? That is crazy. Hi, I'm Jen O'Neill. And I'm Jeff Manheimer. And we're the founders of Tripping.com, the world's largest site for vacation rentals. On Tripping.com, we bring together 10 million properties from the world's most trusted sites, making it easy to compare places, compare prices, and find the perfect vacation rental. So check out Tripping.com today and take those hard-earned vacation days. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G.com. To find the perfect place to stay, go to Tripping.com today. Windshields are all about safety, and so is Autoglass America. If your windshield is damaged and you have comprehensive insurance, we'll install a premium quality replacement with a lifetime warranty at no cost to you. We'll buy back your damaged windshield for up to $100 cash on the spot and come to you with free mobile service. Keep your family safe. Call us today. Remember, if it's chipped or cracked, we'll buy it back. 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-GLASS. Autoglass America. Learning about God in the school makes it easier to live for God outside of school. I love that I'm able to be a Christian and not have to worry about what other people think of me. Sarasota Christian School is a faith-based Christian school that instills values in children pre-K to 12th grade. My parents certainly raised me in faith, but it wasn't driven home in the school system. You know, here my kids talk about different scriptures in the Bible. And I think that, to me, has made my children not just religious kids, but Christian kids. At Sarasota Christian, they pride themselves on small class sizes and individualized attention. Personally, I like that it's a smaller school, so we're able to connect with the teachers. They know us on more of a personal level. The teachers really want you to succeed in their class. They don't just give you the information, but they really want individual students to do well. Learn more at sarasotachristian.org. That's sarasotachristian.org. Ready to get your finances in order? Chris Brown can help. So I don't know, folks, where you know you're listening in. I don't know if you're saying, oh, crap, oh, boy, or oh, yeah. I'm not sure where you're at with that. I don't know what kind of dreams that you have for retirement. Here's a little gut check question for you. Do you want to be a blessing or do you want to be a burden? I'm not sure where you're at, but you have got to get this knowledge and you've got to get this inspiration. Weekday afternoons at 2 on Faith Talk 570 and 910. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery, and it happens in our own communities. Join the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign to learn about this heinous crime. Visit www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. I'm Bill Carl. You know, in addition to great national teachers and preachers, we have a number of local ministries that have a prominent place here in the Faith Talk 570 and 910 family. If you're a pastor in the Tampa Bay area and you feel like God is calling you to a larger platform, we'd like to talk to you about effective ways to pursue that calling. Contact our general manager, Barb Yoder, 813-349-8232, 813-349-8232. And let's impact Tampa Bay for Christ together. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon out there. I want to remind you just very quickly that we are under a fire alert, and please be very, very careful. Uh, no uh, outside fires except uh, in a barbecue pit, and those of you that are smoking, you know I've been on you all week. Don't be flicking those cigarettes out the window because uh, the humidity level is going to be going down today, 
in the next couple of days, and we've already got too many wildfires around the area. Just kind of that heads up before we go to the weekend. Well, it's time for our weekly chat with our friends out in California who keep an eye on the Hollywood beat for us. And, of course, I'm talking about Movie Guide. And movieguide.org, of course, is the website that I highly recommend that is bookmarked both um, on your home or office PC. And uh, whether you have uh, an iPhone or an Android, they've got two great apps, and I would recommend that uh, uh, those are loaded as well because uh, especially when you're going to be making a, a very quick decision with your family about a movie, you want to drill down know exactly what your family is going to be exposed to. Today we have a special blessing and treat because Dr. Ted Bear himself is with us. And, of course, he is chairman of the Christian Film and Television Commission as well as publisher and editor-in-chief of Movie Guide. And I want to tell you that his work both there in California, around the country, and out around the world, not only with uh, working with uh, uh, young people as they are learning what exactly are the elements that go into a very good movie, uh, but also doing it from a Christian worldview and also uh, a great ambassador for Christ for those who are making movies uh, that we are uh, enjoying day in and day out and helping uh, each day to have them have a, a greater understanding, of course, with his big uh, view picture is to, uh, to lead people to Christ. But uh, Movie Guide is not only the website, it's a bi-weekly journal, and there you can get a lot of great information. And if you just missed it, two great opportunities to see the annual Movie Guide Awards on the Reels channel. And, uh, of course, we'll look forward to the awards next year. Dr. Ted Bear, good to have you with us this afternoon. It's always great to be with you. You give me a chance to relax and enjoy some good repartee, so this is wonderful. Thank you. Well, tell me about the cycle of Hollywood. In other words, we're now moving in. Easter is over with, I know, here in Florida. A lot of our visitors uh, who are what we call the snowbirds and uh, spring break is over, they go home. What is it in terms of uh, are there seasons in the movie-making industry? Is there one time of the year that's more advantageous than the other? I, I know that when you're doing a movie in a snow scene, it helps to do it in winter if you're not inside a studio. But uh, this time of the year, sort of between spring and summer, is there anything in particular, uh, an insider to the industry would, would be, be knowing the type of season it is? Well, if I had to be flippant, I'd say that they're all on vacation all the time, just making millions of dollars, but I can't say that. <laughs> so uh, the way Hollywood works is that from um, December to you know March is Academy Award season, and there are more and more award shows. There's only one that's worthwhile, which is the annual Faith and Values uh, Movie God Award show, which mm-hmm. is the best ever I agree. this year. It's great. And, uh, but the, all those award shows keep people pretty close even people who live in Montana, like Harrison Ford, or live in Connecticut, you know, they they all move to uh, uh, to Hollywood in their Beverly Hills home, which <laughs> is you know well enough for them to uh, enjoy themselves, so they can be there for award season. And then the production cycle starts. So if you're talking about the production cycle, you're absolutely right. This is the production cycle, and and pretty much you can't find anybody at this time. So one of our favorite uh, ministries, the National Religious Broadcasters, tried to do an award ceremony and did it at the wrong time and nobody showed up. And I keep telling people, you cannot do it after the Academy Awards. It'll just kill them. Now, if you're talking about release seasons, release seasons change between summer, which are big releases, and summer used to start on Independence Day, but now summer starts on May 1st. So we're, we're now I'm not talking about real summer. I'm talking about Hollywood summer mm-hmm. where the movies come out. Uh, and Truthfully, there are a lot of graduations now. This weekend is graduation for Pepperdine. You know, all these schools have changed their schedules, so Hollywood tries to, to pump up the summer. That becomes a big season, and Christmas becomes a big season. And 
since we do the numbers every year, it's always between, uh, it goes back and forth. Uh, one year you'll have uh, summer being the biggest blockbusters, and another year you'll have Christmas being the biggest blockbusters. What you'll notice between those two different seasons, the, the release season, uh, seasons that are out there, is that during the uh, uh, summer season, you get more action, adventure, popcorn movies, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, etc. And then during the uh, the Christmas season, which is a big, big season, you get more movies that are aiming uh, to get Academy Awards. You get more of the Hacksaw Ridge and and all of the, and a lot of uh, Fences and a lot of movies that are that are artistic and trying to get the Academy Awards during the spring. Uh, well, the the winter after the uh, uh, the Christmas season, but they call it spring. And uh, the fall are usually dead season. So right now we're at the end of the dead season. The dead season is especially intense during the Academy Award. Nobody wants to release their movie during the Academy Award. If there's a movie that it was an action adventure that's released during that period, usually what they are thinking is that they're just throwing it away. Now all of that is changing. Bill, that changes all the time. They've, they've got this. You know, I've been to the offices. We talk to the people about my book as the head of distribution of Warner Brothers, the head of distribution of Disney. Those those predetermined patterns are changing frequently now. So you'll get some really great movies being released at odd periods of time and uh, doing extremely well for themselves. So it's not set in stone. It used to be set in stone. Now that you've got uh, much better communication tools and social media, they don't set it in stone as much. But they still get intimidated by the Academy Awards, and they still want to hit uh, the young teenage students when they get out of college or the young college students and uh, when they get out of high school and college so that they can go to movies when they're bored and uh, you know there's uh, raining or whatever else it is that's uh, causing them to stay inside and want to do something else. To what degree, Dr. Bear, has the social media uh, sort of um, uh, pushed that along because uh, it seems to me years ago you had two major ways of promoting a movie, either with the big newspaper advertising and the movie was opening, uh, and then with with uh, seeing a trailer. So here comes the Internet. You can watch a trailer anytime, but then you can also begin through your Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm sure each and every one of these distribution organizations uh, of the movies they uh, have really become very keen at reaching a particular audience. Do you think that uh, these changes in release dates would be sort of um, evolving if it had not been for what they're finding in terms of uh, potential success of driving people by way of the social media? Well, you're you're right in this sense that the newspapers had limited uh, space, even if they brought bought uh, ink by the ton like the New York Times. They had limited space. Uh, there were uh, seasons of release that, that caused them not to be able to uh, um, to to actually advertise in the newspapers, so they would want to get the down season. Now that's all changed. But we just had somebody come up to our office and take us to lunch who uh, tracks this, and uh, there are movies that hired uh, stars and television programs that hired stars who were stars on social media. They were getting 60 to 90, I can't believe it, hits or whatever, and um, – uh, they would then be featured, and they weren't bringing the people to the movies. They weren't they weren't mm. attracting the audience to the movies. So although the things are shifting, they're not shifting as much as the the average public thinks, or the Wall Street Journal, or somebody else. When people write about it, uh, they generally uh, try to make it a bigger issue. The truth of the matter is that it's still uh, it, though still social media is not attracting people to movies, and it's also not attracting people to radio, and it's not attracting people mm. to TV. In fact, they were pointing out the number of TV shows with people who are getting great 
number of social media hits that weren't they weren't carrying them over to the TV show. So it looks like, and nobody can tell you this exactly, that they're separate audiences. It looks like there's an audience that wants to go to movies. It looks like there's an audience that wants to listen to radio. And it looks like there's little crossover. And I've noticed that for years because we do radio. And, um, you know, the radio, when we come up to do the Movie Guild Awards, there's not as much crossover as we once expected there would be. So there seems to be people who like uh, – some people like blondes. Some people like right. brunettes. Some mm-hmm. people like radio. Some people like television. And, uh, and they continue in those patterns. Uh, for quite a while, even though the, the landscape is changing. Hmm. If you're just joining us, it is Dr. Ted Bear with us uh, this afternoon from California, and uh, he is uh, certainly um, one of our most respected um, individuals uh, for the cause of Christ, uh, interacting with uh, every level of movie making. And, of course, the website that we uh, prefer and recommend is movieguide.org, movieguide.org. If we happen to have a new listener or two this afternoon, haven't checked that out. Check it out, and uh, I will challenge you to find any other review of uh, a movie and other entertainment that is as comprehensive to let you know exactly what your children uh, will be exposed to. Well, let's talk about something that uh, is happening every day, and that is the persecution of Christians, the martyrdom of Christians. And uh, wanted to continue to talk about a movie that's out that um, probably very important uh, for a lot of people to see, especially. With the blessed environment we have in this country, it is called The Promise. Uh, Dr. Ted Baird, tell us about this one. Well, I love The Promise, one of the movie, but it's a mature audience movie. There is violence. There is romance. There are things in there that are not for children, although I, I think it's probably teenagers and up. It's one of my, you know, bete noirs. It's one of the things that I'm most concerned about is the Armenian genocide. I'm also concerned about Homodor, the uh, Ukrainian genocide. And it's very interesting to see how people um, have just locked this out and not recognized this. A million and a half Armenians got killed in 1914 to 1915 uh, with an attempt by Turkey's government, who was Muslim, to kill all the infidels in Turkey. What they meant by the infidels is is all the Christians. Turkey, if you remember, up until about 1100, was all Christian. In fact, it was part of the uh, wonderful Byzantine Empire, uh, which was Rome, actually, and it lasted until 1453. Uh, So up until 1453, the Christian populations were gigantic. The Christian populations were gigantic even up until the 19th century. And these programs of genocide have gone on uh, since the day of uh, the mid-1800s with Disraeli and Gladstone, and there's some horrible stories about it. But there's something that people need to know. And the movie takes this whole uh, period of time and portrays it. There have been several movies on this, the best that I've seen in terms of making it a drama. Now, it's a drama that if you watch it closely, what you're doing is watching uh, the whole arc of turkeys trying to kill all the Christians and trying to kill the Christians the same way that people are killing Christians right now in Syria, in Iraq, in Iran, all over the Middle East. And the Christians used to be. 100% 100% of the population. They were the population. Mm. So it's not like these people are now, you know, that we're talking about people who own the land. We're talking about people who stole the land. Mm-hmm. And um, the Turks have been uh, violent about it. And I've gone to Cannes from Mount Ararat, another movie, uh, which the Turkish government actually stood up and screamed and yelled because of it. These were Turkish officials. And they teamed up with Germany, which was as fascist as you could get, even at that time. They were also planning destructions of population groups. And it's something – I took a German girl whose father heads up our movie guide in, in Germany. And uh, she said, oh, most of the people I know are 
who are of this persuasion, Islam, are, are nice people. Well, they may be nice people, but uh, there, there's always the goal of jihad, and uh, there's just a Prager Institute that there is no moderate uh, position with, within Islam. I've debated Muslims in University of San Francisco and in Kiev and in Rhodes. I've had many come to Christ in the Armenian situation. I baptized 19 Armenians. One of the women was in her 90s. She had gone through that uh, Holocaust. Mm. Uh, this was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And uh, she said she hid out under the heads of her parents because they used to t cut the heads off, which is required by the Koran. And then they'd pile them into piles. And um, I can tell you a lot of stories about it. But mm -hmm. this movie is better than any story I can tell you. It is a, it's a must-see movie because we live in a country that is so much promise ourselves, but we put our head under the sand in terms of what's happening in the world today. And to understand what's happening, you have to see this movie. Mm. It's called The Promise. It's a quality at four, one out of four. Now, the content is a minus two because of its adult themes. And again, um, a very, very impactful uh, experience to understand uh, just what uh, – uh, the seriousness and, and the humanness uh, of, of persecution and, and how horrible it is. Now, um, we're a little bit short on time. Um, what I want to do is just want to recommend Little Big Shots is going to be on TV, hoisted, ho hoisted, hosted by Steve Harvey. Uh, content is plus four and quality is four. If you'd like to find out more about either of these two movies, go to movieguide.org, movieguide.org. I wanted to very quickly, Dr. Bear, get to uh, uh, at least one of the articles here. Um, you have an article on why Walt Disney would be appalled at the upcoming Marvel movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, talk about that one uh, very briefly. Uh, we, you know, we love the Stanley. He's been to our game. We love a lot of these people here. But Guardians of the Galaxy is not as fun as the first one. But they've put more foul language in it. Now, I'm not sure that people in the other side of the universe use the F word uh, as much as uh, Rocky Rocket Raccoon, hmm. uh, but he says the S word and uh, all sorts of foul language, which is not pleasant for children. How it got a PG-13, I don't know. It also glorifies lawlessness. You know, the criminals are the ones who win. Rocky Rocket is the one who stole the batteries. Rocket is the one who causes the problem. And you, you think that what he's stolen is a good idea. So it's sort of glorifying theft and uh, the scavengers and all of the rest of that uh, the group, who are really the heroes of the movie. And it makes light of death. That was the worst part of it, is that uh, killing has made something fun and exciting and, and humorous. It's very funny, laughing at the death of 50 men. And that is something you don't want to see, because I teach cognitive development theory, media literacy, and there are kids that will be susceptible to it and think that killing is fun. So Walt Disney would not do this. I was talking about his hometown in Missouri, which I visited about four months ago, and I knew Walt Disney, and uh, my cousin worked for Walt Disney, and he wanted to make movies that reached the youth, that uh, he wanted families to be built. Marcelina is a beautiful place. I really think he would be shocked at what was in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. although the current generation doesn't get shocked anymore, so I don't know what they're going to do. I hear that. By the way, uh, before we have to uh, sign off for today, I want to remind you there's another article at movieguide.org on why you shouldn't watch the popular Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. But we're out of, town, we're out of time this afternoon. Dr. Ted Bear, as always, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And, again, the website to connect with Dr. Bear is movieguide.org. My friend, have a great weekend. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, going to be taking off here in a moment. We'll be back with you Monday at 4 o'clock from Tallahassee, Florida, for the last week of the 2017 session. 
Coming up in just a minute to my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten, on today's edition of Living Truth, The Prayer of Repentance, Part 2 from Lamentations, Chapter 5. And, hey, check out our trip to Israel and Jordan at letstalkfaith.com. And uh, we've got some opportunities for you to join Tony, Zach, and I. Love to have you on the trip. Check out that itinerary this weekend. And any questions, give us a call. I'm Bill Bunkley. Have a great weekend. God bless and good night. My name is Leslie, and my daughter, Lucy, goes to Christian school. For years, Faith Talk 570 and 910 has been helping Bay Area parents provide their children with an affordable private Christian school education. You know, I went to Christian school growing up, and I had wanted Lucy to go there. As I've been going back to work and trying to ramp up, having the 50% off thanks to Faith Talk has been huge for us. That's right. At ChristianTuitions.com, you'll find a wide selection of private Christian schools in our area with half off the first year's tuition. It has been such a gift for her. She loves the people there, absolutely loves the teachers. They pray before each class. It's just been a blessing. Half off at ChristianTuitions.com may sound too good to be true, but it is true. Faith Talk is wonderful. If you all are considering a private Christian education and trying to really make it work, they can make it happen. Learn more and get half off your first year at ChristianTuitions.com. That's ChristianTuitions.com. Join Bill Bunkley and Boaz Shalgi on a tour of Jordan, Israel, and the Holy Land. Boaz is the president of EDI Travel, the only tour company in Israel owned and operated by a historian and professional tour guide. Boaz is a seventh-generation Israeli of the tribe of Levi, former special forces in the IDF, and lives with his family in the mountains of Upper Galilee. EDI customizes every tour, and all packages are all-inclusive. They'll take you off the beaten path for activities no one else provides. You'll meet with Israeli soldiers, politicians, Visit the Knesset and visit people who live right on the border, experiencing Israeli hospitality with Israeli families. Only EDI provides tours that include so much culture and faith, bridging together the story of biblical Israel and Israel today. Travel with Bill Bunkley and Boaz on this very special VIP tour. Go to letstalkfaith.com. That's letstalkfaith.com. Click on Bill Bunkley's pilgrimage or call 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. Ask an attorney all about Florida law with attorney Joe Pippen. Are there advantages to having a land trust? Basically, I think the main purpose people do land trust is for privacy and secrecy of who the owner is. So there are some benefits to it, but like most trusts, main purpose is to avoid probate, avoid guardianship, and, and so forth. So that's something you and your attorney would just sit down and discuss what's best. Join us for Ask an Attorney, live every Saturday morning at 8 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The House and Senate have passed a one-week funding bill avoiding a midnight government shutdown. Passage was more or less assured after House Republicans agreed to drop plans to vote on an Obamacare repeal bill this week. That decision followed a late-night Thursday meeting where leaders acknowledged they don't have the votes. The short-term bill, known as a continuing resolution, funds the government through next Friday and gives lawmakers time to finalize a long-term trillion-dollar spending plan. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. President Trump... 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.